Welcome to episode 414 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto, team, welcome along to episode 414 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Excited, Bevan. It's an exciting day, isn't it? It is. It is an exciting day, actually, because yeah, someone's going to be... I'm going off to Kona in two days. It's uh, exciting. It's, no, well, I was excited. I was excited for, for other people, John, because okay. that's where I am. I yeah. think of others, yeah, not myself. That's how, that's how I live my life. Sounds good. Today, team, is the day that we announced the ultimate Kona experience for the I Am Talk prize draw. Yeah. Is that what we call it? Okay, yep, that's what yep. we're going to call it. So uh, it's very exciting. So if you've bought one of those books and we had about 450 people buy them. 443, I think it was. Exact number. Um, if you've bought one of those books, you are in the draw and today you're going to find out if you are the winner. So you hopefully have gone to our website, www.iamtalk.me. You've downloaded the PDF file I put up there and you see your name and you know your number and we're going to be announcing that throughout the show. So before we get into it, John, uh, I'm Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofwai.com. The world's. You might need some coffee to get wired. To get yourself through a session. Yeah. Athletics.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Trainer Road. Um, just awesome training tool. And Extreme Endurance. Your lactic buffer. Okay, yeah, we guys. thought he was pretty funny. He uh, revised the spreadsheet and sent it through to me, and he is number one through to 442. <laughs> and then he's given his wife one number. She's oh, wow. That's very generous of him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've got some news coming up. We've got the hot topic of the week we're going to do. Now, what we're going to do with the draw is we're going to go, we're going to get Joe to film it actually while we're doing it. Are we? Yep. I just need to touch more volume there, just, just to keep it, you know, I can't hear you. Just so that people can keep it honest. Go. Yeah, good, good, You know, good. people can see that we didn't have made a corrupt yeah. kind of draw. Uh, so Joe's going to film us. We're going to go random.org and we're going to pull it off random.org at once so we know who the winner is. But then we're going to release the numbers slowly throughout the show. So we release the 100 number, then the 10 number, and then the overall winner and the final part of the show just to okay. tease it out of the match yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing you. Yeah, I got a bit of teasing. We've also got an interview with Felix from Challenge, uh, which John did on Friday night. And then I'm holding the show together. So you really are. Yeah. You are, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't time it very well. Because yeah. we were at a eight, o'clock, eight o'clock on a Friday night's not a great no, time. It was 7 15, wasn't it? It was 7 15, but then Felix was late as well. Oh, so I was all right for eight. Mm. But then 7 15 wasn't a good time mm. because we went to the in laws for dinner. Mm. They put on this, and the whole family was there. It wasn't just mum and dad. Can't walk out of that. Oh, I know. Even some guy from Auckland come down. Or Al? Crazy. Alan? Alan, yep. Alan? Yeah, yeah. Alan? Alan's done really well in life. Oh, he invented some widget that's, that's like a world-leading boat widget. Right. He's done really well in life. Uh, and then we've got Chad from Trainer Road. And then I've got a couple of questions at the end. Well, not more, more, more. Just core emails. We can add in a little Project uh, 2014 update in there. Oh, are we? Oh, might as well just right at the end. Okay, I thought, I thought you needed to go this morning. I do, but I'll just uh, go. One thing I want to talk about. Okay, uh, guys, news. And this weekend we had Iron Man Texas on, and I have to say, good news for Bevan Doherty. Last week we were talking about, well, what if he doesn't go to Kona? It'd be a pity if he's not there because he definitely is a player worth having there. And he came and just kicked our butt, didn't he? Well, yeah, he had a good good race. I've just been reading his race report that he flicked through, and. He, he, I think he very much had a, a smart race, but still pretty tough. wasn't a, a world-beating performance, and that's what he said, but it was a performance that he How needed. How did he feel? 
said he felt a bit average on the bike, you know, swim was okay, and then just kind of got through the run. Um, but Still did a 249. Exactly. So, yeah, I think, and he also said somewhere, not in his race report, but it was, you know, he had contemplated retiring and stuff, but he's worked very, very hard since Ironman New Zealand, got lots of specialists. Who did he say in oh, his race really? report? He's got uh, Stacey Sims from Osmo Nutrition, Stuart Holtham, L- 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 Laramore Cummings, Dr. Glenn Davies, and Dr. Jeez, he's got Chris a lot of people Hanna. behind him. And so he basically got all those people involved to try to really sort out what was going on in his guts. And he, what he determined was he was uh, very much just taking on too much and just uh, not absorbing it, and it was just all boom, coming straight back uh, out again. Okay. So he's worked really hard on that, and it seems to have paid dividends uh, because I really felt that if he it was win or nothing at this race, if he didn't win, I felt that yeah, potentially he'd either retire or just go to to. Sh- back to sort of short course for half Ironmans but good performance 47 minute swim uh, two, for a 4.26 on the bike and a 2.49 on the run for an 8.09.37 and he was second off the bike uh, Jordan Rapp had a about a I think it was about a 4 minute lead or so Wait a second. off the bike they're saying he's an American on the WTC website yeah well he does live in America no he's not he's a Kiwi Mm. So that saying. could have been where it, when you when you yeah I, I totally hear what you're saying but he does live in America, <laughs> so Bevan took it out by five minutes from Matthew Russell uh, who was in eight fourteen and then good old Justin Deere from Endurance Corner mm-hmm. solid result for him eight seventeen just caught Jordan Rapp towards the end yeah nice about thirty seconds yeah Jordan Rapp in fourth and Chris McDonald uh, in fifth so good day for those guys it's but a, it's not a bad field eh because Texas isn't a big race anymore is it. Yeah, it's not it's not a bad field, but you know it doesn't have. There's no Kona top ten guys there. Well, Bevan um, Doherty. Yeah, Bevan Doherty. Uh, and outs- Jordan Rapp. Me, mm, I don't think he's not really top ten. Yeah, I reckon. No, I reckon on his day he could get top ten. On his day he could. Yeah, but you know, in terms of measuring Bevan's performance versus some of the real big hitters. Yep. Um, yeah. Stephen Bayless. No, I'm, but, but you know what I mean. Like it's not. It's, it's, you know, it's, like it's yeah. for a second tier race. It's actually a pretty good field. Yeah. So good on Bevan, and I guess the, the really interesting thing from here on in, Bevan was saying to me before we started, he's sweet for Kona now, and he sort of is. Uh, so he's now accumulated. He had a good. Uh, Auckland 70.3 which is our regional championship so he picked up quite a few points there and he's also got a St George he got some points there at 70.3 so he's now got 3,240 points according to Torsten he, um, Torsten's ratings on tryrating.com he thinks the guys will need about 3,400 points so he does need another 70.3 result probably doesn't need another Ironman but things have changed about this year You know, they've changed the point structure quite a bit but uh, I well, think so you think it's harder, or do you think he will be fine? Like, if he turns up to a seventy point three and pulls off the top three, we're thinking he can get well, Kona. For for a, a seventy point three for a win, you get seven hundred and fifty. But Bevan, no doubt, will be going to the seventy point three worlds. So if he has a good result there, then just smokes it in, you know, because yeah. that's got that's got good points. So if but he'd want to he'd want to be secured before then, wouldn't he? He would. But that, but I think he will. You know, he'll, well, he'll, what, he'll, what he'll, we, we may now. He's got yeah. plenty of time. Oh, yeah. Now he'll do. An, I'm sure he'll do another seventy point three. He'll do seventy point three worlds. So should be sweet unless something really goes askew and the and Torsten knows his stats. So I don't think it. That, I think the nice thing for him is that he's you know like we look at Germany, we look at we look at those races and, and your argument, which seems to be pretty true, is that guys who do really great at those races don't seem to do that well in Kona. Mm. It's just that little bit earlier, isn't it? You know, mm. like if he can now be pretty confident he's going to go to Kona, he can do a 70.3, which isn't going to damage him in a way that an Iron, a big Ironman race would. Um, you know, like he, at least we know that he can get go to Kona 
fit and sharp. The other, th- if I was in his shoes, not that I'm a bloody anywhere remotely good as, as an athlete that he was, I reckon I'd go and do another Ironman though. But I'd run the run really easy, and then you'd know that because I think his challenge going into Kona is he's still going to have this big unknown in terms of. Um, but is it that thing that can is it that thing that you won't know how your stomach's going to be unless you race hard? Yeah, but you do this. My theory would be you go and swim the, and bike at Ironman effort, and then you just cruise the run. So for him, for cruise, him cruising the run, you know he might run a three three twenty or something yeah. like that, just you know Sunday run pace uh, and. I wouldn't think that would bang him around too much, but the confidence you'd get from doing a swim bike, practicing nutrition plan again, I would have thought it'd be worth it, providing you can put your ego to one side and just, you know, taper for the race whatsoever, and it's just a big training day, really big training day. Mm. I, I don't know, it's just would be something to think about. Um, Matt Henson pulled off a bloody 241 marathon. Yeah, I was just looking at the results and just saw, whoa, that's pretty bloody fast. Yeah, far up, that's right. um, So 241 versus you know, eight minutes quicker than Bevan Doherty. Put that one up on the uh, mantelpiece for the grandkids to, re- to read. <laughs> it's on the mantelpiece. <laughs> I ran eight minutes faster than the yeah. two-time back in Back in 2014. Good but, old Kelly Williamson is really taking it to the next level. She pulled off a 2.54 run and she did the time in an 8.54. Um, last year, Joycey won an 8.49, so a little bit behind Joycey. but still pretty solid. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, Joycey, that, I remember that result from Joycey um, was... Pretty exceptional. Yeah. I can't remember what the guys did then, but it was pretty exceptional. So she had a good swim, 51 swim, 503 on the bike, solid, and then 254. So again, Bevan Doherty ran 249. This is only five minutes behind him. 254 is smoking. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, when you put it in that context. Yeah. You know, five minutes behind him, you know, pretty That's, fast guy. I mean, I think we're getting... We're kind of getting used to girls going sub nine now. Well, speaking of that, so um, John Levinson from try247.com sent through an article and it's basically just saying that just updated that Kelly Williamson becomes the 41st female to break nine hours, but he's saying it's the 90th non-hour, nine, sub nine hour race of all time. Uh, so he reckons that basically the 100 sub nine hour will come this year. Yeah, we should see a few more. Julia Geiger just missed out in second place. She went nine hours and fifty-one seconds. She um, she only ran three oh nine, so she was losing you know f- um, fifteen minutes there on the on the run. But yeah, just an impressive race. Still nine hours and fifty-one minutes. And third place was Amber Ferreira in nine eleven. That's all good in the hood. So pretty good race there, and um, good stuff for Bevan and Kelly. So moving on, we had also had a lot of lands of Grotty happening on the weekend, and Great Britain cleaned up Jombo. They did. Uh, Lucy the Goss Gossage taking it out in nine forty one. Very impressive, and she must easily have enough points for Kona now because she yeah. won a she won a race last year. Although we do know for the girls, it's a lot harder for them. They've got to because there's their slots. Yeah, got to get over four thousand points. But if she's won two races, then she's got four thousand yeah, points. Surely. So she should have that one uh, sorted. So, Lucy, if you're listening, I am taking you down in Kona. Oh, is she your challenge? Is she? Um, all the girls are my challenge. Yeah, I know. But they've got a head start, so it's a bit different. Mm. I reckon. Yeah. Oh. What do you reckon? Well, you've got to have to have a great gay day to beat all the girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna, you're, uh, I don't think you could beat all the girls, based uh, on the times they're doing now. I'd have to have an exceptional race. You'd have to have a blinder. Um. Yeah. No, I'd, have, I'd have to have a, <laughs> I think I'm capable. You'd have to have a blinder. No, no. <laughs> No. Wait a second. So wait a second, because you're not as fit as what you were in your best, were you? No. No. And when when you're in your best, you did and wrote eight forty three. No, eight fifty one. No, 851. That, that wasn't a great race. I oh, know. I would have to have be 
really, really solid race. I don't think it's impossible, but realistically, I'm thinking a really good result. I'd probably only be okay, fifth. Well, you, okay, so if you'll be happy with top fifth chick. Yeah, I, I, I won't be happy. I'll be, <laughs> still be breaking the inside. Yeah. I'll be happy if I'm number one. If you don't get top 10 chicks? I will have had a pretty bad race. Yeah. Pretty disappointing, got it? Mm-hmm. Crying as you come across the finish line. Could be. Yeah. 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 May not even finish, might just get to bottom of the league and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm DNF and I'm not having that on my results <laughs> Pull some excuse up. Oh, my bike broke halfway through the run. <laughs> um, okay, so then we had, uh, who came in second? So we had on the, yeah, the girls, so we'll start with the girls. So we had uh, the Gossage taking it out. And interestingly, we had uh, Carrick Corrine Abraham in third place. So good to see her back in the game. I've, I talked about that last week with Ironman Melbourne. We haven't really seen much from her since then. And she absolutely destroyed everybody over there. So she was third. And we had Susan Blatt in second in eight, uh, 9.44. So Lucy Gossage was 55 swim, 5.31 on the bike, 3.07 on the run uh, for an, a, a 9. 41, Susan Blatt in second in 9.44 and Corinne Abraham in third in 9.51. Last year's winner, Kristen Moller from Germany was in fourth in 10.05. On the guys' side of things, the, the big kahunas, this, this is a, not the problem, but with Torsten's um, try, rating. try rating and he's got the competition going, the Ironman betting, which I've been Did you do it again? participating in. Yes, I'm keeping up things, Bevan. How are you going? Uh, I'm actually doing really, really badly. <laughs> Okay. I love that. That's what I love about those when you go to the newspaper and they have all those commentators doing yeah. their picks for the week for rugby and stuff because they're all so opinionated. You know, like that's the thing with like that kind of world. If you want to be a radio host, you've got to be really opinionated. Yeah. And they're all hopeless at picking. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. It's a thing. You get all these guys that, you know, you got your hot favourites and they don't finish. And so they totally screw you up. So nah. Ronnie Shieldnick, you know, he was a raging hot favourite. He de- he DNF'd. I don't even finished the bike ride. So I had him as one of my picks. I had Michael Golner, I think, as one of my picks. And he pulled out on the run somewhere. And so there, you, it's two of your biggest names out of the field. And there was a couple of others in there as well. Uh, Hervé Foire from uh, France. I don't even know if he started. So I think that was my, my three picks. <laughs> Out. So pick out your game, people. I've got a reputation here to keep. Okay, well, who, who took it out? So we had Romain Guillaume from France take it out, and he he won, uh, where did he win? I think he won Mont Tremblant last year. He came to Ironman New Zealand, and I think he was in that so sort of that second, third guy off the bike behind uh, behind the winner, uh, the Estonian dude who yeah. won. What's his name? Um, everyone is going, oh, come on, guys. It's. Um, yeah. It's that guy. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Roman Guillaume was. Who was it? T- took it out. We, we interviewed him on the show after the week, week afterwards, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Just, his name just eludes me at the moment. Yeah. Uh, we'll, it will come back to me. Um, so Roman Guillaume. Magnus. No. Forty-seven minutes swim. Just let it go, Bevan. No, I'm not <laughs> going to. I'm going, I'm going to. The, I'm going to a podcast to find oh, archives. Four fifty-six on the bike and two fifty-seven on the run. He is an axe on the bike, uh, but he often is not able. Marco to put, Albert. Marco Albert. There you go. <sighs> often I'm not able to put it together on the run, but two fifty-seven. If you can ride like a, a demon, is often going to have you there or thereabouts. But he and he won by eleven minutes, so pretty comfortably from Mikel Tinto Blanchard from. From uh, Spain, it was eight fifty-eight, and then Bart Jammer was in third in nine hours and forty-four. And Joel Jameson, who's part of the team Free Speed Dudes from, oh, yep. from the UK, yep. uh, he looks like he's racing pro now. He used to be an age grouper. Because Free Speed fourth. is mainly age groupers, isn't it? 
I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, yeah. but it looks. Stick it up. It certainly looks like he's racing as a pro. He may not be part of the team anymore. Who knows? So good on you, fellas. How did Magnus go? Magnus Baxter. I did check that out because uh, somebody sent us through an email saying Magnus Baxter's racing, and Jeez, thought, this guy looks awesome, eh? It does. And then, then I realised he's in my age group, and apparently he's already qualified for Kona. I was like, holy oh, shit! Here we uh, go. Another person I'm going to have to deal with. And he's been doing a nice job commentating. Quite enjoy his commentating. He was in, commentating uh, what on cycling, the classics, and things like. Oh, that. is he commentator? Mm, it's good. Really knowledgeable guy. Real, real good. He was only in eighth place in the thirty-five to thirty-nine. Swam one hundred and one. Rode four fifty-nine, and then he ran three thirty-five. So oh, he's, he's got no he's hope. No, no threat. Ah, oh, he's no hope. I mean, Come on, Magnus. Just because you're a commentator, you got to beat this other commentator over here. That is a that's a good bike split. But the you know the top guys in the age group were five oh five, and the pros were. I think they were like 447, uh, 4.50. Mm. So he, he's riding basically the same time as the pros. 4.56 with Roman Guillaume. So he's right up there. But... Pet yeah. cap run. Yeah. Newsom's taking you out. you got to get the... Magnus, sharpen up on your run, mate. Because Newsom's coming to get you. You'll be ahead of him and you'll hear these these fast feet coming from behind well, you. He'll smoke past me on the bike at some oh, stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll, yeah. he'll be probably 10 minutes down, but he'll uh, easily catch that up. So he'll catch me some, probably something like on the Queen K on the way back. You'll just see his flash go past you. But then when he's running, he's going to feel this flash go past him. That's right. Oh, it's all good. Okay, have news. We've got some news here. Um, John's ITU update. Well, yeah, interesting. Brownlee's got taken down in Yokohama. They had the Ooh. latest round of the is ITU the, circuit. Is it a proper race? Yeah, yeah. ITU uh, World Championship Series. So we had... Uh, Jeez, that's a bit of a newbie. Go, Gomez uh, took it out in a sprint finish from Mola, which was a yeah, pretty full-on exciting sprint finish. So, Mola, so Mola's a new kid, isn't he? Mola's well, the, no, he's, he's, he's a... He's a yeah, he's a, he's a speedy, very speedy runner. So he runs very similar splits to those guys, but he's usually in the second, second pack. But good old Kiwi Tom Davison again... Pulled the third pack up, the second pack, and the second pack up, the first pack. So he made it basically just a. Tom Davis has ruined the sport. He is totally. He's yeah. ruining it forever, Tom. Yeah. You probably listen. I guarantee you listen. Come on, Tom. Stop, <laughs> stop letting everyone else win. He's certainly getting himself a, a name as being the the the, the, the he's man. He's good for he's life. good for the Commonwealth for us, isn't he? Mm, yep, definitely. Can we get a medal? Um, yeah, there's a chance. Well, yeah, yeah, a little bit of a chance. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be putting much money on it, but there is a chance. How much money but would you put on it? I wouldn't put any money on okay. it. But, <laughs> but the Brownies, yeah, it was interesting. So it came it come down to a, to a straight run, and the Brownies, especially Alistair, just smoked it off the bike and has put on the tried to break everyone, putting the hurt on everybody, and then they ran around him. And firstly, Jonathan got dropped, and then uh, Alistair got dropped pretty early wow. in the piece as well. You know, so is, is he coming off injury? Is he not fit? He is, and yeah, just, that's the thing. You don't know that. But they, you've never seen them get beaten like that before, and uh, and the fact they were fourth and fifth, not um, second or third. So Gomez, you know, on his day, he can beat those guys when they're on their they're sort of close to their best, or he's very very close to them. But yeah, no, they got um they got well beaten. They got some smoking. Mm. Wow, that's pretty cool. So it was a cool sprint finish too. And uh, Jorgensen kills it. Yeah, she, uh, uh, the girls came down to run, and she just she was like. Uh, Hardly even broke a bloody sweat, and she still ran thirty three thirty or something like that. So she is just absolutely killing it. Okay, well the good news is John Levinson sent through a great article from Trophy Two Four Seven again. He's doing good work. He needs a pay rise. Give him a pay rise. Whoever pays him, probably himself. Yeah. Um, just saying, the dominance of the Brownleys and Gomez in triathlon in the last period of time is is kind of just phenomenal, really, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Is that all you're giving me? You started. <laughs> well, no. 
Oh, you uh, go. Oh, now you uh, you have the link. Oh, wait, you've, you've moved my link. Where did my link go? I don't know. Probably a little bit lower than the page. Oh, there we go. There we go. Just give, give me a second. I didn't have that link open because he's basically done all the statistical analysis of uh, of how many races these guys have won. This is what we do, John. I lead. You 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 you're meant <laughs> to be just, the expert. Don't do. Don't just shut me out and say it is and make shouts. me look bad. I just come in and say here's here, and then I, I'm just a feeder for you on the show, and then you just crap on me. <laughs> Jeepers, creepers. Uh, so here's what happens. It's, so, well, we're actually John. Alistair Brown, so there's been 22 races in it since 20, 20, 2009 and 2014. So in the last five years, there's been 22 races, 16 wins between those three. No, no, no. See, just, just feed me. Just feed me. Okay. So, John, what, tell me about it. <laughs> right. So Alistair Brownlee has raced 22 times. And oh, okay. 16 wins, one silver, one bronze. So Jonathan? 18 podiums out of 22. That is pretty staggering. 16 wins out of 22 starts. That's pretty phenomenal. So this is since it's changed to the World Triathlon Series that used to be called World Cups and it used yep. to be structured differently so it's only been going for a few so years so then Jonathan Brownlee's done 22 races he's won 7 and he's silver 8 bronze 4 19 podiums out of 22 Jeez, that's impressive and then Gomez is race 34 he races a lot doesn't he uh, 8 wins 13 silvers 5 bronze 26 podiums so podium basically 76% of the time interesting that both the Brownleys have done the same number of races both done 22 yeah, so and then so what does that give us uh, in terms of totals? Uh, it gives us uh, 31 wins, 22 silvers, and 10, um, 10 bronzes. So, percentage of winning by those guys is an aggregate. They've won 74% of all the races since they've started. And I bet that a number of those races uh, they haven't been there because I remember that uh, last year you had silver, I think, won Yokohama last year, and none of those guys are racing. So, yeah. It's got continuous. So read this article, it goes into really good detail, and you can kind of get lost in it because it's a great piece. Mm. It's just got who, who else has been winning, and geez, it's a pretty, pretty shallow pretty, field after that, isn't it? Pretty thin list. Yeah, jeepers, creepers. So, they guys have really dominated the sport hmm. so all good in the hood so check that out we'll put a link to that on www.iamtalk.me okay John I'm just going to feed you the next thing coming up this weekend oh no so you got to oh right no stuff. we've got the stalkers update yeah so Joe Baxis has uh, decided to help us out a bit with our with our female side of analysis because yes because we are sexist pigs yeah and we often just John look at is. the results but Joe gets on the inside and look finds at the out sky his, John yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Right, focus, focus. Well, it's like Lord of the Rings right now. Focus. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, there's a hobbit. <laughs> Joe Baxter sent us through. She helped us out with a bit of that, that stuff in, in terms of uh, Lucy Gossage and um, all the others that race iron distance races at the weekend. But she's also saying that Spokane's Iron Nun of 84-year-old Sister Madonna Buddha is being inducted into the USA's Triathlon Hall of Fame. Wait, have we interviewed her? No. We haven't, okay. Oh, no, maybe we have. Yeah, I think we did years ago. Yeah, yeah, we did. Ages and ages ago. Years ago, yeah. 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 Well, I wonder who else is in it. Melina? The big four will be in it? No, no, but no, for this year. Oh, yeah. There you go, Joe. That's your job for next week. (laughs) Okay, Joe. John can't be bothered doing it. (laughs) There you go. You wanted to help us, you're going to get a lot of work. Okay, coming up this weekend, we've got Ironman Brazil. Yes, last year we had uh, Tim O'Donnell had a bit of a smashing race down there, doing 8.01, and Amanda Stevens took it out in 9.05. So this year... 
we have got uh, Igor Amarillo, Amarelli, t- uh, who's ranked number one on Torsten's ratings, expected in 8.23. Marcel Zamora and Santiago Ascendo are the top three picks on Torsten's ratings. They've got, uh, how many have they got there? About 35 guys racing on the pro side of things, girls side of things. Uh, Jesse Donovan, seeded number one. Sophie Goss and Lucy Reedy are top three girls there. So haven't really got any of your uh, Kona top ten dudes and boys and girls in there, um, but should be good racing, always is. Okay, um, coming up, we're going to be releasing the next Legend Show in the next week or so, I'm not quite sure what date, but kind of look out of the next kind of week, um, Ray Browning, who's come on, and we've already done the interview, and the guy is, is a bit of a legend, isn't he? And yeah, it's a bloody good interview, really. Yeah, like, admittedly, the, the, the guy didn't quite reach the heights of, like, the top, the big four, um, but he had a pretty good career, but... Outside of the sport, he's a legend as well. He's a bit of a brainiac, isn't he, John? Mm, he certainly is. It's just a shame. And also a short interview with Macca about um, the camps and stuff. So you will be putting that out sometime over the next week. Jombo's sponsor. Kathlinks.com. Kathlinks. <laughs> Good old Kathlinks. Yeah, so this weekend, or next weekend, uh, we have the uh, Kona 70.3. I'm off there next is that week. next weekend, is it? Uh, it's on June. No, it's on the May the 31st. Can you beat all the chicks at that race? Did you beat all the chicks last year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stupid yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah, no, taking taking down the pros this year. I'm going to be first overall. It's only Morrison. Oh, really? That's, that's, you, you're putting yeah. it out there? I, have, I don't actually know who's racing. They normally the get a pretty good field, don't they? Uh, they normally get one or two, and then it falls away pretty quickly. Last year, they had uh, Crowey just crushed everybody. Pete Jacobs was there. Was there. You, you up, smashed up, him. Smashed yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, the year before, they had... That's why he was destroyed at Kona this year, last year as well, because he just emotionally was torn. Yeah, like the year before, they had Greg Bennett and Lance Armstrong. Took that's right. Yeah, yeah, some riffraff. Yeah. This year, we've got... Have, Zan- you, seen, have you seen the Armstrong lie? The doco? So, so it's the doco which came out about two or three months ago, and it's the one where they were doing. It was the guy who was making a documentary about his comeback. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got all this footage, and then so the doco kind of switches halfway through around the drugs. So mm. I don't know it's meant to be interesting. Zani Morrison, she's not on drugs. She's going to Kona, and she's got she's her, on high on life, John. Her goal for the race is to finish so I can drink cocktails at the Manalani. Wow, Just John Newsom, predictive time. He's got his PRs. You're not predicting you're going as fast. On oh, no, the average time for halves is four eighteen. Yes. Your, your personal best there is four eleven. Yes. So you need to beat four eleven. Yeah. So we've got Joseph uh, Chavez also racing. It's my first seventy point three. So I just want to cross the finish line. Same deal for uh, Claudia Chris from Sacramento. Oh, Survived nice. my first seventy point three. David Levy, listen to the show. Yeah. I think he's going. He emailed me the other day, but then he somebody else emailed me. Might be injured. So White Lightning in Hursley. Yeah. He's going to be there. And Ryan Morgan and Robert Flynn are also racing. So guys, what you can do here is is put races into your calendar, and then you uh, you basically you basically go onto athlinks.com, type in the event, and if it's not there, you can add it to the calendar, and then you can see who else you can label. A SmackDown talk and see who's racing. So, first of all, you did four eleven last year. Uh, no, I don't know if that's that's my um. Was your PR? Oh, it's just PR. your PR. What did you do last year? Well, hold on, we can have. See, that's a, that's a great thing. I know. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I know. Uh, it'll have, it's got the next races uh, coming up on the 31st and it's got the most recent race. You course. did 425.49 last year. Yeah. Now, if I recall, did you fade in the run? No, not really. No, I had a good run. I was only oh, three, was minutes, good three minutes behind Crowy. Okay. So this year, this time this year, you should be fitter. Uh, I'll be better. I should be better in the swim. I did have a poor swim last year, and I will be better on the bike. Um, but the times over there, you know, vary quite significantly depending on the conditions. Yes, the run is a bit of an unknown because you just come out of injury. Mm. Okay, so, so we'll just see what happens on the run. So last year you got tenth overall. 
yes. I expect better. You expect better? Yes. I did actually go and check out, the. I was third age grouper last year, and I went and checked out the two guys beat me, and they're not racing this year. Oh. But, you know, there'll always be somebody else. Yeah, you, John, confidence is yeah. the key. And what other race we've got on athletes? Ironman Brazil's come up. Who's going to be racing Brazil? So last year, we had, well, this is one of the cool things they do in Brazil. Uh, not all races here. They've got the statistics on there to see, oh, the, <laughs> the, oh my God, the, 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 it's all changed outside. It's the sun's coming up. It was, it was red, like red as, and now oh it's blue. God. This guy's amazing thing, John. Mind blowing stuff. So what we can do on on athletics, we can go Ironman Brazil. We can go and see uh, the the difference in the race between two thousand and one. They had four hundred seventy one competing, and then last year they had sixteen hundred forty five. So really nice growth there. You can also go in there and see uh, the stats in terms of gender participation. Last year, where the first athletics finisher was William Geiger and Amanda Stevens, who was the I think she was the winner there. She was the... Oh, look at this. Went on Facebook. What's someone got on Facebook, John? Picture of the sky. <laughs> Get a grip. People in Christchurch. There's more going on in the weather. It's cold. And so Amanda Stevens was, is on Athlinks and she was the winner and William Geiger was uh, 9.23. Bevan, female participation in Brazil is not particularly great. Oh, Last really? year, they had 166 females versus 1,479 males. Oh, Really? That's, that's not very good. Come on, girls, sharpen up. They had uh, 23 elite males, 23 pros, and 18 girls. On the girls, on the pro side of things, a little bit better. Good. Okay. So there you go. You can check out... Athlinks.com. Get on it, guys. Com. It's a great place to geek out. Okay, we've got the discussion of the week, and last week's discussion of the week was... I'm just pulling up uh, Facebook here and looking at beautiful photos of the sky. Um, was John was wondering if you were a pro athlete who at best could get 8th in Kona, but ultimately would be somewhere between 8th to 15th, would you still go and race at the World Champs? Let us know your reason for your answers. And that was a good, it was a good question, Jumbo. Mm-hmm. So um, good old Even Gall- uh, Gallagher. Even Gallagher, he's um, Pete Jacobs' manager. Oh, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his wife looks like a really good friend of mine. Good. And I even showed Joe the photo of the wife saying, doesn't it look like Andrea? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. Yes. It comes down to the balance of the prize money, experience, and marketability towards sponsor. Most sponsors want a Kona contender full stop and will pay accordingly. Likewise, they will look for new signings who may be the next big thing. Look at PJ, Luke McKenzie, and others. Their stock rose once they stuck out in top 10 in Kona. However, if your heart of hearts, you knew that you would not ultimately be a contender, then focus on the best way to make the dollar as a professional and target races where you can pick up minor sponsors and ongoing prize money. No point in chasing the dream and being broke as you continually go bottom 25th in the field. Christy McKinley, I think it depends on where you're from and where your sponsors are based. US-based probably leans a lot more heavily to Kona, but possibly for some Euros and Asia-Pacific athletes who perhaps have more local regional sponsors chasing the dollars at Bintan and Challenge Bahrain, e.g., if I fell into that category as I as a pro, I would race Kona, but chase the dollars at the other races. Then I also have more freedom to choose races during the year without the pressure of the KPR. Good old Tryman Jack said, absolutely, anything can happen on the day, and there's not a huge difference between the podium and eighth. I, well, normally there is. What's that? I wasn't even, I was looking at my next one. <laughs> okay. I, he's just saying there's not a big difference between the podium and then getting eighth. Mm, there is yeah I'd say there is uh, I chased the Kona thing at least a few years and then chased the money if non-WTC races Pete Hagen yes it is good for the sponsors 8th through 15th among the best in the world is better than winning a third tier Ironman race and remember you might still be able to post the best time for T1 or T2 exactly 
Good old um, David Duke, uh, Doey, Doherty, Doherty, sorry. Uh, he's a pro and he's got, as a professional, I'm going to do what I need for my sponsors, or maybe he isn't a pro, uh, and go to the races that I figure will make me the most money that may or may not include Kona. So he's very much gone down to, my job is to make money, mm. and so whatever path leads me in that direction. Aaron Franklin, for the younger athletes who need to the, uh, need all the experience, then yes, you should totally go and soak it all up and learn. Uh, only reason I think I think of not to go would be finances are tight and there are many other end of year races where you could podium and help your resume and wallet. Okay, Gary Hobbs has got, yes, it's the pinnacle of the sport you've chosen to make in your career. You've qualified and therefore obviously good enough to line up with the others who are the current best in the world. You might have a good day, others may have a bad one. Not To not race would be a defeatist attitude and a kind of mindset that got you to the race. Good old Brandon Del Campo. I think we know the answer to the question. Try asking again, but change 8th to 30th. LOL. <laughs> LOL. Um, I'll do one more. Glenn Newbolt's got no. As a pro, I'm racing for money, plain and simple. If I can make the pro more prize money in another race at the end, that time, then I'd be heading there. It's my job to collect podium checks. 8th isn't place for food. Isn't going to place food on the table for the family. I think um, Jordan Rapp is a really good example of this because he didn't go to Kona until he felt like he was actually in, make money. In, in a position to be you know, uh, in, 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 the, in the top 10. And I can't remember, did he finish it? No, he didn't have a good year that year, did he? Because he didn't have a very good swim. He was terrible in the yeah. swim, rode pretty well. I don't think he even got 11th, did he? I can't remember. No. Anyway, Bevan, what would you do? So I'd have to have a great day to get eighth. Yeah. I think, you know what, I think my first couple of years I'd give it a go. Mm-hmm. And then from there on, it's just money. Yeah. You yeah. know, so I think you'd, you'd, you'd definitely want to have a couple of shots. But then if you're consistently not getting the eighth or if you have one year, the problem is you will, you have one year you get eighth and you're thinking you do better, don't you? Well, this is a, this would be another question for you to ask the pros. I don't think many of the pros are going to tell you what they're earning. But, you know, if we're interviewing when we're over there, you're interviewing someone and just ask, uh, you know, I, th- I think they would answer you, say to them, would you, if you get if you get between fifth and tenth here, are you going to get more from your sponsors than you are if you go and win Ironman Australia? Ironman, okay. and, and I'll do Zealand. that. I think for, for certainly for our Kiwis, I think they would get a lot for winning Ironman New Zealand for, for oh New Zealand, yeah, 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 because yeah. you get like a neutral green and you get the big sponsors for TV. Yeah, yeah. for say someone like uh, Bevan Doherty, um, you know, winning Texas versus getting did it even ninth. get on the news? Yeah, he did. He yeah, did? Yeah, yeah, it was on One News. But most of his sponsors are international ones. So, you know, between him <coughs> and, say, getting ninth in Kona versus somewhere else. But he's, he's slightly different because he's going to attract media coverage anyway. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting question. I, I think ultimately, but that's Bevan Doherty's the higher level. Bevan Doherty yes. thinks he can win Kona, yeah, so it's yeah. not really, really kind of applicable. But I think the thing is, if you are that guy, so then you could look at Luke McKenzie and go, well, he never really did that great at Kona. He turned up every year. But he got coverage. So, you know, even though he didn't do great, he was always on the coverage. Because so he had he, bike speed. Yeah. I'm thinking more about those guys. Um, I don't want to name name people and stuff, but you just see them there every year and they're going to get 10th every year or they're going to get or know, at fifth, best, 15th, yeah. Yeah, 8th, 7th, 15th, whatever. Um, I'd just be really interested to know. And they could go along and win an Ironman somewhere else. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, it would totally come down to just a financial decision. If I, if I can go to Kona and get 15th and don't get any prize money, but my sponsor's give me $10,000 in bonuses, then I'd go, yeah, that's fine. But why would the sponsor give you $10,000 in bonuses just to turn up? I don't know, then. I'm not really sure how the sponsorship world works. So. Mm. 
Uh, I'd love to. Well, maybe one day we should get a company on and get them to talk about how it works, sponsorship with the pros, and and really do see the return on investment and stuff. Jordan Rat finished thirteenth. Oh, okay. Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah, so he would not have a bad money. day. Not a bad day, but um, so let's let's, look, let's just have a quick look at a few of these guys. This is from 2012, the last time Bevan and I were there. So, 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 so sixth place, you had Timo Bracht. He he he's got the potential to being on the podium. Yeah, no, he's good. Uh, Andy Potts. He, he doesn't he, seem he get, to get that next level, does he? But he gets good coverage because he's there with his and sponsors, he's American and he's American top American. So he's going to get that angle. Tim O'Donnell was eighth that year. I think he believes he can win it uh, yeah. or, or be on the podium. Well, he's, he's progressing well. David Dallow, I think he'd go there each year thinking he can be. But David, yeah, see, that, see it's almost like the next year under these guys, isn't it? Because Dallow, is, you know, he can probably pull off the top five, you know. Yeah. So Bart Arnott's poss- pro- probably not. Well, he's, a, he's a great runner, so he could sometimes run himself if the race went his way. So then so, so Axel Zebrook, he was 15th. Um, Roman, Gu- Roman Guillaume, so he's a perfect example. Wins Lanzarote uh, at the weekend. He's never going to get anywhere in Kona, to yeah. be honest. Best case, eighth. Yeah. He, but he's shown he can go and win a race somewhere else, pick up. Now, do you he did Kona that year, did Yeah, he? and he got 17th. So, perfect example. So, another one, say Ronnie Shulnick, he wins lots of races, but he's not a great swimmer. And that's the thing for the sponsors. The if, like, if we've got the sponsors and they're going, okay, well, you've got Kona, he turns up to Kona 15th, well, what coverage does that give us? Other than... What well, maybe you some get, networking and a bit of pre-race stuff. You get you probably get a bit of pre-race coverage. You know, come yep. and see us at the at the whatever tent. And yeah, but the guy gets fifteenth. Really, who wants to see? Who do you want to see in the tent? Mecca, Crowey, mm. Rini. You know, like it's the people. It's the guys who have won it. Mm. You know, it's the top five from last year who you want to see in the tent. Really, would you go see someone who got fifteenth? You know, so they don't really have that much value. But would you go and see an Ironman winner? You say come and see. Um, Roman Gillam Ironman winner. So say he goes next year or this year, you say come and see two time Ironman winner, Roman Gillam. Don't come and say come and see know, fifth place. Would you? Some people would. I don't reckon they would. Mm. I reckon it'd be nice if they're there. No, no, like to be honest, most people wouldn't even know what that person looked like. Mm. Nothing against this guy. Like he's just one mm. bloody Ironman, so he's obviously yeah. a pretty good athlete. But it's it's basically who's in the mags. So if you've spent if they've invested a lot of money in you knew in a mag and or on websites, so you're a face that's known. There's probably value there. So if, there's, if you've been marketed well, but if you haven't been marketed well, you're just some other guy who's in a tent giving out plenty of power bars. And so, yeah, it's an interesting one. I, yeah. So there'll be some good topics this year for when we're in Kona is asking the athletes that question. How much they make? What are you going to get more out of winning an Ironman or if, if you get around 10th or something there? Because uh, the thing about general public is, especially people coming into sport, if you're running an Ironman, they just think you're a legend. They don't know this, mm. the, all the ins and outs of behind mm. the scenes of the sport and how you've got to, there's different tier races and stuff. And so, you know, to say I've been an Ironman winner if in your local area is pretty powerful in itself, isn't it? Totally. Mm. I did notice on tryrating.com with Torsten, he, uh, he, again, he mentioned an interview with Andrew Messick that's on competitive radio. Haven't listened to it yet. But uh could be some changes to the KPR this year. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, it's so, a work in progress. Yeah, so. Okay, this week's discussion, we got one from James the Wise One Botel, and he's got it's either a week question or a question of the week. And it turns out, James, it's a question of the week because John liked this one. So other than wanting to take all the carbon out of the atmosphere and put your into your race wheels and bike frames, how do you combine sustainability and triathlon? What should we be doing as a triathlon community or triathlete community to help the planet? What should we be more aware of uh, that we might be doing to hurt the planet. So climate, climate deniers don't respond. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So the question is, what should we be doing as a triathlon community to help the planet? Okay, so yeah, so that, that's, that's this week's discussion. 
Time to go to an interview, Bevan. Okay, well, let's go to an interview. And then we're coming back. And then we're going to be doing the draw. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop, boop. Party, boop, boop. Here we go. Okay, John, we're back. You can have the camera on us right now if you want. You can just do the air. Oh, goodness me. Suppose you can do the show. Joe's sitting next to me, aren't you, babe? Hey, yeah. wave to the camera, John. I'm not recording. Oh, well, you got to push record. Well, well, I'm recording, so you push record. And um, uh, we just had an amazing interview, didn't we, John? We did, Dan Benedot. And he's gonna he's not even going to confuse us more. He was quite, quite good, wasn't he? He was, yeah. We'll get him on next show, nutritionist. So yeah. um, we'll have him on next week's show. He talked for an hour. Mm. So that was, uh, that was good. Good. John, uh, what was the first thing Joe said when she walked into the lounge this morning? She was pretty excited about that sunrise. <laughs> so just Far out. <laughs> you guys. Anyway, so guys, we've, we're doing the food. We're doing the draw right now. Joe's actually next to us now. She's recording it. Wait for the mm-hmm. camera, John. So that was a good yeah. wave. He waves with his fingers. Yeah. And um, and we're going to do the draw right now. And we want to have the camera so everyone sees we're not cheating. And I've got the I've got the little random.org. Yes. And I've got the form that we had up in front of us right now. Now we're going to put the random.org right now, and then we're going to start releasing the numbers so you guys won't know. But we just wanted to film this just so everyone knew that we weren't cheating. And uh, so here we go. So, so it's I'm number one to four hundred and forty-three. Okay. So from number one to four forty-three. Okay. I'll push random.org right now. Oh, so excited. Joe's going. Joe's going in for the zoom in. No, but no, because they won't. We're going to put this up afterwards. Okay, here we go. Ooh, that's interesting. Number five hundred and one. <laughs> okay, so let's have a go. So the big news is, is that the first number is in the four hundreds. Ah, oh, so there's only one of forty-three. Yes, only one of forty-three. So the people in the four hundreds, you, you're in the loop. So there we go. There's the book. So we're going to come back later in the show and go for the second number. Within the 400s. It does narrow it down a bit, doesn't it? It does narrow it down. Everyone who under 400, 399 down are going, oh man. Bad luck. You still got your nickname? Exactly. Best thing in your life ever. So there you go. We're going to come back in the show. Now I'm going to pause right now because John and I, this is going to be a bit of a messy show. We're going to do other bits later on. So here we go. Guys, we're back and uh, we've just, the show's all over the place to be honest, isn't it, John Boo? It is. I'm back home, back in. had a big, big day, and now it's the afternoon. We we record till about nine o'clock this morning, and now it's three thirty, three fifteen in the afternoon. It's yeah. the way the show rolls. So I'm not quite sure where we are within the show. So we've done, we've done. Have we done the this week's discussion? We have, haven't we? We've done this week's discussion. We've had our interview with Felix. We've done part one of our prize draw. Okay, yes, now it's so time it's... for a bit of extreme endurance. No, we we haven't done an interview with Phoenix. Phoenix, Felix. Check that in. No, I haven't. We haven't done the intro. Ah, oh, okay, okay. So, we'll do that now. Who we got on the show, John? We got Felix coming up. Funnily <laughs> enough, Felix is on the show. Okay, so here's Felix from Challenge, and uh, John did this interview on Friday. So here's Felix. Okay, we're very happy to have uh, Felix back on the show from the Challenge family. There's been a lot of things going on with Challenge recently, uh, most notably the the new Bahrain race that got announced last week. So um, welcome back on the show, Felix. Thank you very much, John. Now. The Bahrain race, we, we discussed it on our show last week as uh, potentially a bit of a game changer for the sport in terms of the prize money you're offering. So um, maybe maybe but to start with, tell us a bit about the course because we saw the pictures, but can you tell us a bit about um, the course and maybe sort of what your visions are for this race? Well, the course is going to be absolutely spectacular. We're swimming in a, a bay right ahead of the famous World Trade Centre. Uh, from there, we will take a tour through old Manama, the capital of Bahrain. Um, uh, we'll pass by the old mosque and uh, downtown with the bikes before we head out and go on a, a single loop course. 
there is not really any uh, altitude uh, on the course. It's uh, absolutely slick and fast. Um, uh, we are able to close down um, the motorways three lanes for our cyclists so that's going to be really really good and uh, then we will uh, have an absolute spectacular transition too um, which will be uh, on the start line of the formula one course so we'll uh, wreck the bikes there and uh, we'll then uh, head out from there into a, a natural uh, wildlife uh, reserve where uh, you can see all the natural inhabitants uh, of uh, Bahrain, camels, um, yeah, everything uh, there. We'll uh, do some uh, loops and then go back onto the uh, Formula One course. We'll run on the Formula One course and we'll then finish right there. We'll be able to use all the infrastructure from Formula One um, uh, which is fantastic. Um, they have uh, great infrastructure, anti-doping, media, uh, first aid, etc., etc. And uh, yeah, it's going to be absolutely uh, brilliant. We'll have a huge stage out there as well, where in the evenings we'll have live concert and uh, catering. Yeah, and want to uh, build that up as a yeah big uh, hotspot for for triathlon. It's um, uh, one of the things I said on the show last year. It's very, very good timing for the pros, in my opinion. No Kona's out of the way, and for the short course guys, their season's done. Um, it's before Christmas, so everybody can have their sort of end of year hit out. And I, I guess the key thing is is the prize money is uh, is pretty significant at five hundred thousand dollars. At this stage, have you decided how that prize money is going to be broken down? Like, are you going to pay heaps for the win or are you going to pay really deep in the field? Or what's your sort of thoughts around that? Um, we have just decided with our partners in uh, Bahrain. It's going to be released uh, quite shortly, so I can't uh, <laughs> go into the details there. But uh, it will be absolutely uh, top 10 deep. Yeah. And um, it's we think it's a good uh, mixture between a very very uh, high price for the winner, but also really um, uh, good uh, prize money until place ten. Very so we nice. try to to go for a mixture there. Very nice. And um, I had a chat to Macca a couple of days ago, and he was pretty excited about it. Have you have you talked to other pros at this stage, or is that uh, still to be announced as well? Um, well, it's quite it's quite interesting. I think there was not a single pro who has not yet contacted us, right. which is fantastic. So the interest is absolutely massive, and um, yeah, we'll uh, we are at the moment recruiting the rest of the team down in Bahrain for our office there, and uh, we'll then get in contact with all the pros that have already contacted us. And uh, yeah, we hope to have a stellar field, but also um, we are very much concentrating on on our age group athletes. So that's not uh, a race for for pros, and then we we will have some age group athletes, but they're in the center of attention. That's very very important for our Bahaini partners, as it is for us in Challenge Family, and. Um, we're already discussing fantastic medals and uh, what what presents we're going to give uh, to the age group athletes. So it's going to be yeah, absolutely stellar um, uh, to race there. Very nice. So no, it's uh, we're certainly looking forward to seeing um, how that un- unfolds, both 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 for the age groupers and and also the pros. But um, obviously, there's there's been lots of changes on the the challenge versus WTC front recently. So um, really keen to discuss that in terms of uh, you know where you guys are heading and and where you're not heading. So um, you know what what's been going on with some of these events? You know in terms of uh, you know Barcelona and and I'm not sure what's going on with Kreitschkau 
now and, and things like that. Can you sort of fill us in on, you know, what what we hear out of WTC is a lot of these, you, you know, your partners have been approaching them in terms of, um, you know, wanting to join WTC, but we're not really sure what to, to believe. So g give us the, the lowdown on what, what's going, from a, going on from a challenge point of view. Well, um, uh, WTC has uh, bought our partners in uh, Kreichgau and also in Barcelona as they have approached uh, some other partners of us uh, that have relayed that uh, info back to us. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's two different business models, you know. Uh, WTC is owning their races, uh, which definitely gives them more uh, stability. Uh, we are working on a um, licensing model where we still see um, a big uh, benefit um, for, for the races because we have uh, people on the ground living there, having all the contacts to the firefighters, uh, to the politicians and everything. And uh, it's, a, it's a model where uh, it has uh, its weaknesses, uh, because if uh, WTC and the hedge fund uh, standing behind uh, WTC puts uh, a lot of money on the table, uh, then uh, people can fall over. And that's not to judge, you know. It's, uh, it, yeah, that's kind of normal. Mm. Um, that then uh, people fall over and uh, we have to cope for it. However, um, on the, uh, for example, on the uh, Kreichgau case, uh, it has been very, very interesting uh, because uh, the company has uh, been sold and then the uh, um, mayors have decided to, yeah, wanting to keep on work with Challenge and uh, the agreement between um, the uh, cities, host cities in uh, Kreichgau and um, the company that has been bought by uh, Ironman is about organizing a Challenge event and not an uh, Ironman event. And uh, we have uh, gone to court several times in the past uh, few months uh, and that resulted, for example, that Kreichgau uh, was announced by WTC as a 70.3 event uh, and then they uh, had to say no uh, this year it's uh, uh, still going to be a challenge and uh, it's uh, yeah the, the mayors already have announced that in the years to come it is going to stay as a challenge event so we were we were pleasantly surprised about uh, that reaction and uh, uh, I think the the mayor saw uh, especially over the last four or five years in Kreichgau uh, that we are really working with the communities for the communities and want to give them a benefit. So it, it, I was confused last week. I, I was trying to figure out. So this year in Kreichgau, it's a, it's a challenge race, not a seventy point three. Is that correct? That is correct. However, this year um, uh, organised by WTC, right, under our rules and regulations. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Yes. Um, in in terms of um, you know you guys trying to to, to get into the U, U, um, the US market, I know you've uh, you've now got Murphy Reischreiber on board, and and obviously last year you had uh, challenged Penticton. Um, yeah, how hard has it been for you guys to and, and challenge Atlantic City this year? How hard is it to, to really crack into that WTC sort of owned market in, in the US in terms of trying to get the numbers you want at those races? Well, the numbers are actually really good. We're absolutely looking forward to Atlantic City, and I'm very much looking forward to go over to see the first uh, event in the U.S. Um, the partners that we have in the U.S. for all the three races, they are just absolutely brilliant. Uh, they have the right mindset. They are extremely athlete-focused. They share our values, and uh, I think this is also what the athletes um, appreciate, you know. And um, I think it's going to be an absolute uh, wonderful race in Atlantic City. 
And uh, once the race is over, I think, um, yeah, athletes uh, have then experienced it in the U.S. on their home turf. And, uh, yeah, we'll build it from there. Very nice. Um, and what's the sort of the, some of the plans going forward? You know, obviously Bahrain is, is a big money race for the pros and, and Bevan and I often talk about, you know, when is the, the million-dollar race coming up or when is, uh, when is Rote going to be the, the world championships in terms of uh, trying to call it a world challenge championships? You know, wh- wh- where are we heading with challenge at this stage? Has there been any major developments or are you willing to share any of the, the vision where you're trying to get to? Well, I think uh, it can be clearly understood that uh, with uh, the announcement of Bahrain and uh, the $500,000 prize purse, and uh, you should not forget uh, that prize purse is the double uh, of the prize purse of the 70.3 World Championships. And uh, if you see that in Bahrain, our pro athletes will not have to pay any taxes because Bahrain is tax-free, so they can take uh, home all the money. Uh, It is uh, actually uh, nearly the same, uh, or it is the same, than in uh, Kona, because Mm -hmm. there uh, the athletes have to pay taxes. So for us from the beginning on, uh, we always said, okay, we have to reward our pros. We have to have uh, good prize purses at every single event, uh, which is already happening. But also, uh, if we are then going uh, towards a Challenge World Championship, or however it's going to be called, we need a very, very decent uh, uh, price purse for the pros so that they can uh, earn a living. And um, we will shortly announce, um, yeah, also for the pros, um, that there are going to be uh, special packages um, uh, for uh, Bahrain, uh, which will be very, very exclusive uh, with uh, yeah, a lot of uh, fun uh, that they are going to have in uh, Bahrain from uh, shopping vouchers over... Uh, 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 airfares, fantastic hotels uh, that we are going to offer. So it is very, very important for us. And uh, I think also, and uh, you can clearly see that we have a lot of pros that have supported us over the years um, uh, in Roth, in in Wanaka, in in all the other events. And uh, we certainly want to to have them on our side. And therefore, we need to be able to to pay out a good price purse. So if we're going uh, uh, forward with a world championship, um, and I think this can be clearly seen with uh, Bahrain, we want uh, a a big um, uh, price purse for the pros. And uh, that's where we are uh, at this stage already working on very, very hard. When it's going to happen, I, I don't know uh, myself because uh, we'll only start it uh, once we are uh, 100% sure that this is uh, going to be a fantastic event, just as we did with Bahrain. Uh, the talks have been going on for a very, very long time, very, very into the details. And uh, uh, when everyone, um, our partners in Bahrain, and uh, we felt, okay, now it's it's the time. It's a really, really good fit, not only from from the values, from the visions uh, that our partners in uh, Bahrain have and and we have, but also uh, between ourselves, between the partners. It's a it's a wonderful uh, fit. Uh, we have been down this week uh, in Bahrain with our whole team: Murphy, Victoria, Peter Henning, who is going to do all the TV uh, shows for Challenge Family. Uh, uh, worldwide. Um, uh, Andreas, who is going to be our uh, race director uh, in behind together with a local colleague. So, uh, yeah, it, it has been very, very nice. Uh, we had uh, a wonderful time down there and, uh, uh, yeah, we just see it as a wonderful fit and I think uh, the athletes will experience that as well in uh, December. Cool. And um, we've talked about your, your, your rote field for this year. Um, you must be pretty excited about 
you know, some of the potential lineups you've got in terms of the pro race. We know that, you know, Rote is as much about the age group as, as it is about the pros, but um, there could be some pretty uh, interesting racing there on the Oop, you're back, Felix. Sorry, um, I just lost you there for a second. <laughs> That's all right. Um, <laughs> in terms of uh, in terms of rote this year, you must be pretty mm -hmm. pretty pumped in terms of the the pro field you've got assembled. Absolutely, no. It's it's going to be fantastic. Uh, really happy, especially because we're going to celebrate 30 years of uh, of history in Roth this year. So uh, 30 years ago, uh, everything uh, started here with uh, about 70 people uh, doing a, a triathlon, and uh, our local community thinking, okay, what the heck are those guys doing? You know, they look pretty crazy. They're running around in uh, neon uh, clothes that uh, look pretty ugly uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, uh, yeah w when we were going through all the TV footage from all the years it, it has been just so funny for us to see we have a really really good um, uh, trailer online on our YouTube channel at the moment that is absolutely worthwhile to see where we kind of compare the race in 84 uh, to the race in 2013 and what has changed and uh, um, already seeing that uh, back then there were quite a, a lot of spectators. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Um, 30 years here in Roth, the community is absolutely pumped about it. Um, I'm pumped personally as well uh, because it's my 10th year of being responsible for Roth. 10 years ago, my father got seriously ill. And uh, I had to to take over, so um, lots of things to celebrate. We have spent a lot of more money uh, this year for the uh, overall experience, for the event experience, so to call. Um, we are, uh, or we have been working on. Um, um, making our hotspots uh, even more, uh, yeah, accessible, um, fun, uh, more video walls, uh, better information service. Um, so I think it's going to be great. We have uh, again rebuilt the stadium, so we have a full four-side stadium, and the athletes. The stadium will be quite tall, and the uh, uh, the uh, athletes will run into that stadium through a tunnel and then be inside that stadium that uh, has um, uh, a capacity for 10,000 people. Um, we have um, arranged for a absolute fantastic firework display, the biggest we've ever had. Um, for the firework display, we have invited opera singers that are going to perform live We'll have stages uh, in the kind of in the air and on the ground, and it's just going to be a huge show. And uh, we are absolutely uh, thrilled, um, yeah, about the event coming this year for the first time. We are also going to offer a complete English. Uh, Challenge Live TV channel all day long. Belinda Granger oh, will cool. be uh, uh, doing that. So uh, in the past years, we only had that in German and uh, only the live ticker and all those informations were in English. But this year, uh, we are producing a whole uh, second channel for our English uh, friends worldwide. Yeah, so it's. Uh, I think it's going to be a huge party. We are absolutely looking forward. We are um, very, very honored about all the pros that uh, want to celebrate uh, with us this year. And uh, yeah, if, if weather uh, is uh, fine and uh, the wind is not uh, too harsh, uh, it could even be uh, about uh, world record times again. Wicked. Uh, yeah, I guess the main question you know the listeners want us to be asking you guys is is you know 
whether or not you're getting disheartened by you know the the all this this sort of fighting that looks to be going on between yourselves and WTC you know really you know from the outsider's view it really looks like WTC are trying to crush you by putting on um, you know another race in Taiwan the the same weekend or the weekend apart and then there's another race in Australia and it really seems like they're they're trying to um, get on top of you guys is how, how do you sort of feel about that is it um, is it is it, a, is it an incredibly annoying are you are you seeing that they are taking you guys seriously or what, what's your sort of feeling towards it at the moment first of all i think it's really bad for the sport because at the end of the day we are all there to uh and have the responsibility for the sport you know to grow the sport and with all those attacks that we have seen here as well like uh arm and frankfurt has been deliberately put on our race date in roth uh, for several times um and things like that but you know john what i've learned in those 10 years that I'm responsible for Roth and also the Challenge family, uh, we have to go our, our own way. You know, we have to uh, keep on um, uh, putting the uh, athletes' uh, interest, uh, the uh, age group athletes' interest in the um, in the middle and the center of attention. And um, yeah, there are big attacks on us, absolutely, but um, I'm not worried about it. I'm absolutely not worried about it. In all in all those years, uh, those attacks, especially here in in Germany, have uh, also had a very very good effect because it always and year by year, um, it yeah it kind of forced us to even get better, you know. And uh, um, we never had uh, in in Roth a year where we did not do something new, you know. Every year uh, uh, we want to introduce something new. We want to make the race better. We want to make the experience for the um, uh, athletes, but also for the families, a better one. And so I think it's a it's a yeah for us it's a healthy game as well because we always try to focus to yeah to get better. And uh, I'm not afraid. And uh, it's just, um, yeah, a sad thing to, to see that uh, uh, this is happening because I think at the end of the day, uh, it's not uh, a good thing for the sport. Mm. Oh, no, we love what you guys are doing. Um, anything else you want to share with the audience in terms of anything coming up or any, any news that you want to share with the community? Um, I think the biggest news is out with uh, Behind that we have uh, worked on for very long. Um, stay tuned uh, to uh, that one. Yeah. But also to all our uh, other races that are coming up now, um, the uh, European season is uh, now really uh, starting. Uh, the weather is perfect. We had a very, very mild winter over here, so everyone was actually able to train outside with the bike. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good season uh, for Challenge, and uh, I'm very, very happy to see a lot of athletes on, on our finish lines. And, uh, yeah, just stay tuned. Awesome, man. Well, we'll um, we look forward to it. We love what you guys do, and uh, thanks for your time, Felix. And we'll hopefully uh, catch up with you guys in Kona, maybe. Wonderful. Thanks a lot, uh, John, and uh, thanks especially for all the support. Okay, and we are back, John. B. what's the story, of Felix? Felix was all good. Uh, you know, just I think he's pr- pretty optimistic about the future. You know, yeah. he's. Um, you know, happy to take on the WTC challenge, and I think he's dealing with the this, the whole s- sort of spat between them in a pretty dignified way. Just saying, look, we've just got to be doing things better, and, and if, um, if if we're not putting on events as good, if not better than WTC, or making our events different, then yeah, they're not gonna not gonna do very well. Obviously, very excited about the Bahrain race, and uh, yeah, I think there's, there's there's more to come. You know, the th- the thing with Felix is he's always go goes. We've got these announcements coming up, and doesn't want to share them with us straight away. He <laughs> gave us little tidbits, but um, I think there's there's more to come out of the Challenge family over the coming months. So uh, 
look, I think it's great for the sport that those guys around, you know, where you, know, you obviously hear us talk about challenge a lot and we're supporters of what they do. We're also supporters of what WTC do, but we just want to see the whole sport. Um, doesn't necessarily need to get on amazingly well but you know i just think that whole having two races on and one weekend in the same area that's not healthy for the sport and um and yeah just hopefully we sense will prevail as we as as we sort of progress forward and if challenge can be doing well then ironman's going to be do well i just don't think they need to fight each other well i I think one of the great things right now is that like challenge were you know, WTC tried to buy Challenge a few years ago, didn't they? And um, I think that would have been a really bad thing for the sport. And like Challenge pulling off this five hundred thousand dollar race really lifts the bar. Mm. And um, you know, and and if they've got bigger and better things coming, well, who knows what that means? And you know, I just think it makes it better. You know, we often talk about the neglected pro and all that kind of stuff, but you know, this kind of Challenge doing a great job makes WTC pull their socks up, and ultimately makes it better for everyone. So mm. keep it up, Challenge. I say, John. Sponsor Extreme Endurance. So, as you've heard, I'm flying off to Kona in the next couple of days, and Extreme Endurance is a critical part of our camps because uh, I've got athletes emailing me and saying, "Can you bring some over? Can you bring some over?" And uh, it's a, you know, for a camp situation, it really helps massively in terms of being able to, you know, get yourself through the camp really, really well, survive it from from day to day. And I actually just had also had an email in from someone else who was a skeptic, a bit of a guy that I used to, to coach. She says, I'm not a fan of any pill, but I think there is something to this one. Uh, he raced Ironman Lanzagrotti at the weekend, and he finished uh, his race for the second day despite having a pretty crappy build-up with lots of flying and all that sort of stuff. He crushed it out on the bike in the wind, um, struggled a bit on the run, but then he said, you know, post, straight after the, the race, his legs are coming around really nicely, literally the, the day after the race. So, you know, so often we, we finish Ironmans and or finish build-up races, and, you know, we're hobbling around like yeah. um, like cricket cricket old men, you know, for, for the for three, four, five days after the race. Um, but what you know you're going to get with extreme endurance is um, it's really going to enhance that recovery. So you can – you're still going to be very careful after races – but uh, in my experience, you can get back into training uh, a little bit easier and a little more pain-free. So uh, check it out, xendurance.com, and uh, get yourself some and help your recovery from races. That's right. The team from Epic Camp will be cleaning that stuff next week, so bring it on. Okay, team, we're going to insert, because we've already done the prize draw early on today, so we're going to insert the second part of the prize draw right now. Okay, Jumbo. second part of the draw is happening right now. So again, we're doing a second part of the Kona Super Challenge. What do they win, John? Uh, they win a f- two, up to $2,000 in flights to Kona, a week's accommodation, yes. uh, some food at Lava Java, and a chance to go and see the race. And hang out to meet us. Yes. That's the reason to do it, right, babe? Yeah. Okay, so the, the first number was four, so it means you're in the 400s. Random little pulled up the number. We've done it all very officially. The second number is in the twos. So from 420 through to 429, you are still in the race. And let's name the people and those people with you on. So first one is who? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, So 420 is Jens Dahlman. We've got Dale Beach. Brandon Skilton. Andrew Schilner. Good old Ed Hawkins is in the mix. Oh, Richard Palmer. Brandon Skilton. Oh, he bought two. He'll be pretty excited (laughs) right now. Paula Green. Ashley Witcher. Joshua Stafford. 
that's it. So those nine people, or actually eight, because Brendan was pretty clever and bought two, mm. they are in with a chance of winning. Mm. This is pretty exciting, Jombo. Okay, so those people there, listen up for the last part of the show, and you'll see if you are the winner of our Kona Super Challenge 2014. Here we go. We're going to go back to the show. Great, Jombo, we're back, and we've got another interview coming up from Chad from Trainer Road. So he's going to be talking a little bit about 40K TT and within the Trainer Road program. So uh, we'll put that on right now. Um, okay, on this week's show, we're very happy to have uh, another one of the guys from Trainer Road. We've got Chad Timmerman along. Bevan's just commenting that Chad's got a bit of a radio. Oh, the guy should radio. be on radio. It puts us to shame. So welcome <laughs> along to the show, Chad. Thanks for having me. Can you um, jealous. F- fill us in on, on what your role is uh, at Trainer Road? Uh, largely, I'm the coaching element. So mm-hmm. I, I devise the workouts and the training plans and field any coaching-related uh, questions. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's your history, Chad? Um, I've been racing bikes since I was about 18. I'm 42 now, so you know, well over 20 years. Started as a mountain biker, and uh, one thing led to another, and I'm predominantly road. Uh, in the process, I opened up a training studio with my then-girlfriend uh, and did some personal training. It was kind of bored with it. It just wasn't uh, terribly fulfilling, so I purchased a bunch of compu trainers and started doing indoor power-based training classes. Very oh. nice, which obviously leads on to what we'll talk about today. Um, exactly. So you've obviously got a huge amount of experience with you know, indoor versus outdoor training. And um, from a coaching perspective, you know, what have you, do, do you find are the, sort of the key benefits of, of doing the indoor stuff? And I guess we're talking to the people out there that perhaps don't do any indoor training or do it as, a, as an absolute last resort and absolutely dread doing it. So what are the, sure. the key things you find people get the most out of? Um, largely the structure. It's kind of a quality versus quantity thing, which isn't to imply that outdoor workouts are without quality. They certainly could be high quality. But when you train indoors, you really don't have anything else to focus on but the quality of your workout. So if you know what you're doing, you have a little bit of structure to put behind it, which is, of course, what, in, what, what we do here at Trainer Road, then uh, it takes on a whole different feel. And it actually seems like something productive rather than just mindlessly spinning and try to accumulate mileage during the winter. Nice. So, from a, uh, I know you're going to have a slightly biased view here, um, <laughs> but in, in terms of using Trainer Road and, and indoor workouts to supplement your training, um, mm-hmm. do, yeah, from, if, if you're for coaches, do you think it's a it's a incredibly valuable tool they can use rather than just going road, road, road all, all the way through the season, like the middle of summer? Um, you know, what's the difference there? I'm actually a big proponent of keeping the indoor training uh, year round and, and not uh, not entirely base your training around it, but certainly supplement. So e- even if you're logging a lot of outdoor mileage, I still think you can get a lot out of one, two, maybe three, probably two is optimal uh, indoor workouts each week. And in terms of coaching, um, for your coach to be able to actually have that data I just think it's a it's more specific, more refined data mm. than you'd get riding outside. Mm. I mean, <clears throat> especially for the testing, um, it seems it just removes all the variables that you mm-hmm. you have out there. Because I know, you know, uh, during last summer, I was going out and doing you know, a series of sixteen uh, k or ten mile time trials, and sure, I could tell whether I was going better because I was looking at my power numbers. But in terms of my times and keeping things, you know, times vary hugely. Um, and in terms of keeping a a really good even output you know depending on what the weather conditions were on the day you know that had, had, seems to have a massive impact on you know how well you, you're able to perform and, and actually benchmark where you're at yeah tremendously it's uh, like you mentioned the variables are 
pretty much eliminated. You don't have anything else to focus on except for your pacing. Mm. And the, uh, the red dot on the wall that you stare at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, um, one of the things I was really keen to talk about is um, some of the plans that you guys have got because we know that on Trainer Road, you know, there's a massive library of workouts and you can pick and choose whatever whatever you want and there's some you know, sort of filters you can use to, to hone in on whether you want an easier workout, a hard workout, how length mm-hmm. of time, etc. But I'm really keen to talk about the, the 40K plans and, um, and, and other plans that you might have. And I guess... The, uh, yeah, how how you for you for the for the 40k plan, which you said before we started the interview that you're working on at the moment. How do yes. you sort of periodize that out, and, and and how long is the plan? Um, in the case of the 40k TT plan, it's 12 weeks long. The first four weeks are they're, they're I call them base workouts, but they're base specific to 40k time trialists. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say 40k TT riders, it's not just uh, time trialists, but also stage racers and multi-sport athletes, but basically any steady state athletes. Hmm. Um, but back to that first four weeks, it's, it's specific base. So you can bypass it if you're carrying a lot of fitness into the training plan and just utilize the subsequent eight weeks. But uh, I prefer that riders, even riders who are well-conditioned, start with week one and, and move forward because it, it progresses in a very particular way. Cool. And what what, are we, what sort of workouts are we likely to see in that first first four four weeks? And maybe talk us through the the overall sure. plan. Without you know, obviously, you can give away as much as the game as you like. I mean, people aren't yeah. going to be able to do it unless they sign up. But um, yeah, right. talk us through the types of sessions that people can expect. Um, basically, it's three three components to start with: speed work, VO two max work, and then of course muscle endurance work. Um, the the higher volume version of the plan you go with incorporates a little more aerobic endurance and recovery rides. But the specifics or the, the key workouts are those speed, VO2 max, and muscle endurance. And the speed basically being, a, it's not exactly reverse periodization. I just like riders to incorporate speed early on. And we're not mm-hmm. talking about a lot of speed, just, just two or three sprints during your first workout of the week. Then we move on to the VO2 max stuff, just uh, you know, obviously targeting improved aerobic capacity. And then, of course, it's down to the bread and butter muscle endurance stuff. And as the plan progresses the intervals become more and more akin to a steady state effort. Mm. When, you do, when you're doing this, um, you know, was it eight-week plan or 12-week plan, 12-week plan, what kind mm-hmm. of timeframes are the sessions? You know, like are they, you know, an hour, two hours? How long are you going to be spending throughout the sessions on the bike? I'd like to keep indoor workouts uh, no longer than 90 minutes, and I prefer to keep them closer to 60 minutes. Um, I do encourage people to lengthen those if they know that they need longer warm-ups or if they like to cool down a little bit longer. But the, the meat of each workout falls within typically a 60-minute uh, period of time. That's pretty good. Cool. Um, I just totally lost what I was going to ask. Yeah, for, for triathletes, um, uh-huh. yeah, your, your experience with a lot of cyclists and, and perhaps guys who are TT specialists, but I'm, sure. I'm all on board in terms of, I think, for, for triathletes, especially in their off-season, to have maybe a, <clears throat> a 40K to try to pr- improve their FTP or their 40K effort. Um, where do you see a lot of triathletes, um, their, their downfalls compared to, say, cyclists who are you know, specialist 40K time trialers? Uh, honestly, I don't think they work hard enough. I think uh, most of them go out and log long miles at a moderate intensity, thinking that that's what they're going to do when it comes race day. But they don't realize they can build greater fitness by working at, uh, you know, shortly at, at periods or at uh, intensities well above what they apply during a race. Mm. 
No, I'm all on board that. You, you, heard, it, you heard it here first. Cyclists calling triathletes uh, soft softies <laughs> and not, not, not training hard enough. <laughs> Never heard that no, one before. There are plenty of strong ones out there for sure, but I think largely uh, they don't recognize how important or how vital intensity is. Yeah. And I think this is the, the, one of the key differences with cycling compared to, to running and, and swimming to a degree is you can beat yourself up pretty badly on the bike without it having... Any good recovery. Yeah, yeah. without it... You, Absolutely. You, you don't, there's much, much significantly less risk of uh, injury um, by well, doing... Just it, the damage to your body is from yeah. the training, isn't it? And if you're doing it on an indoor session, I know for me recently I've been doing a few of my... I've been doing some two-minute reps or two minute 20 reps uh, very very hard and I've been doing them on the trainer because I do worry that when I'm on the road and I'm trying to go at you know 125% of FTP that I'm going to be sure. starting to swerve all over the road and stuff and get hit by a car um, so I think that's another sort of safety element for me but certainly I think yeah I would totally agree a lot of athletes don't realise quite how hard they can go. Sure for sure and the, and the safety element is a, is a big one it's especially uh, the case when you're really burying yourself and you're barely conscious of what's going on, just trying to gut out the interval. Last thing you want to worry about is you know, falling or getting hit by a car. Mm. When, when it comes to, you know, do some athletes find that they cannot hit the same numbers on the road in comparison to what they do with on the trainer? I was actually having that conversation with someone the other day. It's uh, there, There's a bit of a difference. Uh, we, we attribute it largely to, to cooling, uh, partly to motivation, but whatever it is, it seems to be anywhere from a 3% to maybe even as high as an 8% difference wow. in your indoor FTP versus your outdoor FTP. Mm. And so how do you gauge that? Like, you know, is it just you've got to do an outdoor FTP test and an indoor, and so then you're kind of working to different numbers? Yeah, you, you can go that route. I basically just do most of my measured workouts indoors um, and, and track my metrics indoors and then just kind of benefit from that information when I go outside. Mm -hmm. So my training is done indoors. I don't really, anything I do outdoors is usually uh, social and long endurance rides. Yeah. yeah. Long ones. Yeah. Mm, cool. Or, or lot, races. Yeah. A lot of people have that, 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 that conundrum that, yeah, they're, they're looking at their numbers on the, on the trainer and it just does not match up to what they're mm. able to do on the road. And I know for me, I'm, yeah, I'm probably fall on that boat that, that you said. I'm, I'm, I basically set my, Training uh, on the on the trainer, I sit at about five to ten watts lower than what yeah. I do out on the road, um, which is uh, so that's uh, yeah, about five percent or so. So bang on. Yeah, that seems seems to work quite well. Yeah. Hmm. Um, now you've obviously got a lot of experience with um, comp trainers, and um, and I'm on a kicker at the moment. Uh, what's your experience in terms of doing? loaded workouts you know so you pre-program them on uh, either trainer road or you do one of the workouts and it, and it loads up that um, that wattage for you so you basically just ride the session versus having it on say a manual mode where you've got to actually look at your numbers and try to hold them now what I find with the the kicker is um, if I go down the route of having it uh, pre-programmed so say for example I'm doing eight by two minutes and I want to be doing them at uh, 400 watts uh, I find that you know, on the kicker it just kills my cadence and I really mm. struggle to, to, to stay on top of it versus if I do it in manual mode it's still sure it's still bloody hard but I can actually keep my cadence up and I find it a bit easier to to, to maintain so what's the sort of what's sort of going on there and, and why is there a, a difference I think that the the scripted rides the ergo rides uh, so mm. when you put it in in erg mode in either the comp on either the compu trainer or the 
kicker are relentless. They're, there's just they're unforgiving. You can only waver so far, and it's uh, it's highly productive. And yeah. I think it's absolutely the best way to train when it comes to interval training. But it's uh, it's unforgiving. It's yeah. really painful. It, it is. <laughs> my, my cadence gets down. I think I think my cutoff is when I get to about just under sixty RPM, and uh, and yeah. I think that's time to to to, to call that one a failure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I hit that wall often, and when it happens, it might be a cue to end the workout or the interval, but oftentimes I'll just backpedal for five or ten seconds and then get my cadence back up to where it was, and I can salvage the interval. Right, very very nice. And I did learn a, a new um, lesson the other day. If you're on the, the kicker, if you press the M button on your computer, it can switch over to manual mode, and then you can uh, carry, on, carry on the workout, but then you do it as, as manual mode rather than erg mode, which uh, saved my bacon once or twice. Yeah, exactly. That's a great uh, solution. Um, okay. Is there any other sort of um, any other things about Trainer Road you sort of want to put out there from, from, a, from a coaching perspective? Uh, basically reiterate what I said earlier, which is that it has a place in your your uh, training regimen year-round. Even if you're only doing one or two interval workouts indoors a week, it's amazing the fitness that you can maintain with just that you know one to two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll, I'll expect to see you joining into the I Am Talk competition. I think there's only two of us that have done it so far, which is uh, going out there and seeing how long you can sustain 125% of FTP. So we've got a... Oh, I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, so we've got a... We've got now, I think we've just about got, a, got about 100 people signed up to our team, our I Am Talk team, and right. only two of them have taken up the challenge of uh, seeing how long they can last at 125%. We need to sort out a prize, don't we? So we do need to sort yeah. out a prize. There's a million dollars on the line. A million whoever, dollars, guys. <laughs> whoever can hold it. Right. Sponsored by Bill Gates. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, um, sounds, that sounds brutal. I'll definitely sign up. Yeah. So... Um, um, guys, make sure you get on that and um, check it all out at trainerroad.com and we've got the IM Talk group uh, under the team, so check it out. Chad, awesome. Thanks for your time and uh, we'll Thank be keen to get you back on again at some stage to talk about some uh, some other coaching parts of being on Trainer Road. Looking forward to it. Awesome, mate. Thanks. John Boo, we're back. What do you think? It's all good. You know, I'm, um, I'm loving the trainer and... I just I really think, especially for guys going through winter, you know, for the Kiwis and Aussies who daylight's an issue, getting it's getting on the trainer. We've talked about this before. It can be such a struggle if you're just getting on there and trying to do some sort of interval set. And and this just really makes your training a lot more productive on there. And if you're a self-coached athlete and just thinking, what the hell am I going to do for winter? You know, if you just pick up on one of these plans, a couple of sessions a week and, and try to improve your, your 40K TTs or your FTP, um, I just think it gives some real purpose to your winter training. So, uh, yeah, check it out, guys. That's only 10 bucks a month and there's no long-term obligation. You can just get on there and stay on or off as long as you like and try it out. And if you want to get uh, into a bit of competition, we've got our I Am Talk team, which you can sign up for. And I've got some workouts up there that I've been posting. Uh, also, we've got our 125% of FTP competition oh. that you can go into. And so far, I am the leading light, Bevan. <laughs> Between two. Between two. I'm taking. I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's all usernames on there rather than actual names. But I'm pretty sure it's Tim McClurg. It looked like his file on there. And he's also a Christchurch lad. And I'm crushing Tim. So the marker at the moment that I put out there Actually, I think it was it was either four or five minutes at 125 percent of FTP. So, if you, it wasn't my best effort. I think I can go longer, 
but there's a, there's basically a marker in the sand for you guys to go out there and uh, check it out. So if you're part of the team, you'll be able to go and click on the workouts, and you'll actually be able to see how how long I lasted, and uh, go out there and uh, kick my ass. The question is, when do I get to do it? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna get really sharp for this, Yobo. You are. Um, you're probably going to have to wait until I get back from Kona, I think, because uh, otherwise you can come down and do it tomorrow if you want to. I think I'll wait till you, Vicky, from Kona. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. So, uh, sponsor. Who we got? Coffees of Hawaii. Yes. Now, I don't know when Father's Day is in America. I don't think it's in, until September in, in New Zealand, but they have got the Father's Day roast up. It's back again for Father's Day in 2014. Oh, nice. Look at that. Molokai's famous mule skinner coffee with an extra kick. We've saved our largest and best beans of last year's heart. Harvest just for dad. Dark roasted, robust, full body with a smooth finish. A coffee dad will be sure to appreciate. There you go. If you order a two pound and you can upgrade within US, deliveries free FedEx today with promotional code DADFEDEX at checkout. So if you're in the States and you're leaving your Father's Day presents at the last minute, go on there, order it, get the two day shipping. You'll be sweet for the weekend. There you go. Yeah. Check, check, check it out. Coffees of Hawaii. Um, and look after daddy. One thing, the other thing is, if you haven't got your coffee card, get your coffee card. Yes. Oh, the old coffee lordy program. Yeah. It's all good in the hood, team. So, oh, wedding flavours, John. Oh, yes. Jeez, they've thought of it all, haven't they? Yeah. Gift shop. <laughs> what are you doing? You sound, you sound very distant. No, no, my kids are just coming home from school. Oh, you're hearing the kids, are you? You yeah. can even buy ukuleles from the oh, Blue Monkey. They must have a Blue Monkey gift shop or something at their... Oh, no, it's, their stuff is sold at the Blue Monkey. I was going to say, you can buy a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> In the case. Cool. Check it out, guys. Coffeesofhawaii.com for all your coffee needs and look after your dad. Okay, guys. Questions and answers. And the first one, John, I'm actually going to leave for a little bit. I'll tell you why after the show. But just want to send through one little message we got from Tim Perkin. It's just kind of a nice email. He's got um, long time listening to the show. Just wanted to drop a quick note to let you know that I'll be seeing you both in Kona this year and John better bring his A game. After eight Ironman in five years, I qualified for my first Kona in Ironman Texas over the weekend, uh, taking out second in my age group in a 9.18. Truly a dream come true. Can't wait to see you both there. So he's talking to Smack Talk, Jumbo. Tim, you're going down. You're going 9.18. Down. That's just... That's, that course is short. It's fast. Yeah. They, 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 have, they, uh, they take you around on the boat and the swim. Exactly. What I'm perked, Tim, because it's like you know, it's a pretty big achievement, isn't it? It is. I'll see you on the start line. See you on the start line. Okay, Jumbo. Um, we're going to pretty much wrap it up now. Or do you want to do a project? Yeah, just a very quick project 2014 update. Uh, last week I was talking about doing a 40k TT, and I went out and did it. First time I've ever done a 40k time trial, and I was working out the other day. I think I'm coming up for nearly 25 years in the sport. Wow. Uh, so I'm pretty sure I did my first triathlon when I was 14, and I'm turning. 38 this year, so 20, 24 years, not quite 25. First time I've ever done it. Um, the longest, <laughs> longest I've ever TT'd before has been uh, 16Ks. I've obviously raced um, you know, lots of dis- different distances, but in terms of going out and training, doing a solo TT, that's the first time I've done it. And had my target sort of in the sand that you know my estimated FTP was around about 305 watts based off what I've sort of seen in training and my sort of gut feeling. And has that been based on your 20-minute FTP tests? Uh, six, 16K or 20-minute FTP test, yeah. And, so you're and about 305. About 305. So I thought, you know, 
how am I going to pace this? And I thought, look, I'll just go out at 3.05 and see how it goes and see if I can hold it together. And if I can pick it up at all at the end, then fantastic. Um, I will say I did one cheat. I never use music in training, um, A, because I don't think it's particularly safe when you're on the road. People have got different opinions on that, but that's my opinion. Yeah. And then B, um, you don't have it in racing, so why have it in training? But I really felt for this workout that I needed something else to help me get through it. Um, so I cranked out a bit of music. And, and, and so did you find you enjoyed using the music? Oh, look, I, I'm absolutely no question in my mind that music is as significantly enhances your performance, and I found that in the time trial. So, uh, the, the thing I have with the music, John, like, and I get you know, I disagree, but I'm not, I don't feel unsafe on the bike with music on, but I get it's a personal thing. Hmm. But for me, it's like if it's a tool that makes you train better, it's going to make you better on race day, yeah. But I, and, I, and I get that. But there's the other argument, you're not going to have it on race day. So, if you get so used to it in training all the time, and then you don't have it in the race, you're going, oh. You know, geez, I'm not used to not training without music, so I get I get both sides of the argument. Yeah. It's, it's just my the way the way that I roll, and but uh, yeah, I noticed a significant uh, enhancement in terms of you know uh, you know you're not focusing so much on the pain, um, and you've just got something else to listen to. I will say that I did have to slow down a little bit on track number two. Thunder <laughs> thunderstruck came on, and <laughs> got a bit excited. Had to just just ease off the pedals a little bit. But it had around about 45 minutes, uh, but Andrew Lloyd Webber came on, and that was, uh, this isn't great timing for Andrew Lloyd Webber, I need something a little bit more than this, you know, 15 minutes to go is uh, got a strange playlist. Crunch, crunch time, and uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, music of the night, was not quite doing it for me. <laughs> But uh, the result was I was absolutely stoked. I actually ended up averaging 305 watts, so I hit bang on what I wanted to do. My normalized power ended up being 301, so I was a little bit under, but you know I was working off an average power, so that's the number that I had in my head and what I was focusing on holding. So, so did that, like, you know, like you're saying that FTP is 305 and it turns out that you're pretty close. Mm. Did you feel you could have gone better than that? Well, because, you know, it's your first time ever doing a 40k yeah. TT, so... And I, I, I felt reasonably good. Uh, I put in my best effort on the day. So I would say if I was to go out and do that again on the same day with the same feelings, I think I would get a very, very similar number. If I was to go out there and had a couple of other people riding with me or had a slightly better course or slightly better conditions, yeah, I think I could have done a bit better. But I think as a predictor, it's pretty close. You know, I think if it was a 40K time trial race, I think – 310 might be possible, you know, with good weather, put the race wheels on, get some hard pressure on the tyres, your legs are just spinning over a bit better. Uh, I think that would have been possible, but that was the best that I had on the day and, and I felt pretty reasonable. And it was a good pickup for me because I'd had a woeful ride on the uh, the weekend before and I was a little worried where I was at. But um, that's always what you've got to remember. You know, it's okay to have the odd crappy workout as long as you're getting some good ones in there. Um, yeah, overall it was, uh, it was a really solid workout. So we're all back on track. So does that give you confidence leading into your epic camp or is it more just just a test? Certainly, you know, in terms of the race that I had last year, you know, I know where I was at last year and my 16K time trial effort at a similar time last year was only about 305 watts. So now I can, instead of holding it for 16Ks, you know, 24, 25 minutes, I can now hold it for an hour. So I can definitely say that I'm in significantly better bike shape. That's great. Hopefully go over there and, and put in a better bike performance and uh, swimming's going better than the same time last year. So I, I expect to swim better, run, just have to wait and see. But um, And is the I, foot okay? Like is it just that you're getting run conditioned or is the foot pretty good now? Yeah, it's getting okay. I had a few little hiccups, but um, it's uh, yeah, I'm back to doing some easy running now. So should be should be okay, I think. Okay, so if you're in Kona 
and you're having a great swim, a great bike, you start the run and you're in a pretty good position, but you know you probably could damage your foot. What's the decision you make? Uh, if I was going to make it any worse, I'd definitely pull out. So it's, okay. yeah, Cause my main objective for that race is to test my nutrition plan again in the heat, uh, test the equipment I'm going to use because um, I'm going to try using a long sleeve top, uh, see what, see how I can you know ride to a particular fairly closely to a particular wattage and see how I handle that. Last year I was fairly conservative on the bike. This year I'll push it a little bit more and just see how I react to that. Uh, so those are my main objectives. I'm not, you know, yeah, I want to run really, really well and I want to place as high as I can, um, but I won't be devastated if I've got some issues on the run and, and can't complete, but I, I'm pretty pretty confident I'll be fine. Well, it's also getting to that time period where you don't want to come out of this and have to spend another six weeks getting your foot right, mm. do you? So, totally. Yeah. So uh, no, looking forward to it and we'll be doing a show from the camp next week. I'll see if I can get a couple of people on the show, but certainly the week after that we'll be catching up with a few of the camp athletes and, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, anything else, Jumbo? Um, took my kids out. Might, is it, is oh, it no, 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 no. Sponsors, John? Sponsor? Coffeesofhawaii.com. Father's Day, do it. Athlinks.com. Social networking, do it. Extreme endurance. Your electric buffer, do it. And train a road. Get on your bike, do it. Inside. <laughs> okay, John Bo, what's your goss? Yes, I was about to say, I took my kids out for, for a mountain bike ride at the weekend. That was kind of cool, taking them both out. I had a little run through the forest at Bottle Lake, which was all Oh, it's awesome stuff. out there, isn't it? Yeah, that was really enjoyed that. And then uh, came home, had a family movie. What did you watch? Um, turbo. Bit of Turbo. Was it good? Uh, we, we sort of came and went a little bit. It was fine. It was good. Okay. And now just in wrap-up mode, getting ready for the camp. So it's all good. How about you, Bevan? You, you, you any more good sunrises since I saw you this morning? Yeah, the sun came back again after oh. you left. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the world's changing. I've actually just had a massage. So we yeah. got this massage therapist around the house for the, the me for an hour, and now it's doing Joe for an hour. So I'm feeling very relaxed. Good. Yep. I'm yep. glad you didn't fall asleep. No, no, I didn't. No, but I am feeling very relaxed. But anyway, we're going to wrap it up because I don't want to be too loud because I think about the girls in the background. So And we're going to do our, we're going to do our nicknames. Oh yeah, we are too. God, quickly do that. It's a bit of a letdown now that people know they haven't actually um, oh, no. haven't actually won the prize, but we'll do them nonetheless. You do yours first, and I'll pull mine up. Jordan Basna, the club. It's going to be called the club. I'm not sure if Jordan is a, a Jordan is a, a guy or a girl, but the club because uh, on her profile, her or his profile picture on Athlinks had a picture of some medals and it had one with Mickey Mouse. Wait a second, so, so Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Based on their picture, club. you couldn't tell if it was a guy or a girl. It was a picture of some medals. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, How Dolphin, he's from a little while back, he donated, and I had How Now Brown Cow Dolphin. Where, where are your ones, John? Sorry? I'm looking at the list. I can't see your ones. I can see them. They're in front of me. Okay, keep going. Uh, then I had Douglas Padden Jones, oh, Big Wheeler. Yep, nice. Because he, he was his picture, he was pictured on a, on a big bike with his wife or partner or somewhere. Adrian Rich, because he's from Box Hill, um, and I thought Boxer, so I thought The Hurricane. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, Rob Dutchy Lines, he, his profile picture, he was all orange, so I just called him Dutchy. Oliver, the awesome mind, Edwards. Oh. And then uh, next one I had was Stacey Sagnella, which I actually think that's Glenn Newbold. Um, and Glenn nominated his sister the other day for uh, Age Group of the Week. She finished Ironman New Zealand. And do you remember on WWF Bevan? Brother, brother Love. Lo- brother oh, love. I loved Brother Love. Brother Love. So Glenn Newbold, Brother Love. Paul Star Spider Burrow. Nice. 
uh, Michelle, the steel mistress McLean. Good. Todd uh, Holobitsky, nice. the helix. Yes. He was wearing his blue 70 uh, wetsuit on his athlete's profile. Yes. And David, the sapphire frog, Pettigrew. Okay, what's David, this, this was This was directly off uh, my nickname generator. Uh, how do you work this page? There you go. You're an immortal being who has wandered the earth for thousands of years, acquiring many ancient mystical techniques that you have, trans- that have transformed you. Now you must fight to save humanity while searching for the truth behind your immortality. Well, there you go, eh? There's a story <laughs> behind it. What happened to the person who you didn't name? Is there a reason for that? Uh, I think they, I think they were twice on there. Rob Lyons was twice on there, and so was Adrian Rich. Okay, good times. Okay, then I had Wayne Usher, and then I thought of the singer Usher. So one of his songs is "You've Got It Bad." So you got it bad, yes. Wayne Usher. I got Michael. How to say one? Mick Eachin, and yep. he's the Greyhound because he's super fast. We've got Travis Scroll. He's Sweetwater Scroll. I like that one. <laughs> then we have got Mandy Tell, and I've called her T Mac, as nice. T Mac, and then Miss Jane Roberts, Mrs Mean. She's a smasher. Duncan Penfold, the special one. Okay. Duncan's Penfold. Matt Cowing, Moo Monster. Is that? <laughs> you like that one? Yeah. yeah, we're coming up with some crackers today. I tell you, we're getting pretty dry in the water. Um, Stephen Honk, um, General Assassin. And then we've got Andrew Taylor, who's donated to the show before, but he didn't have a nickname, so I've called him Under the Hammer because he's a real estate agent. Uh, Lee... Taylor, the long fellow, and you can take that any way you want, Lee. Um, <laughs> so that's Lee Taylor. Now, Jombo, we haven't actually inserted who wins on the show, so we're going to put that in right now, and we're back for you guys in two seconds. Okay, Jombo, we're back, and we're back for the prize draw. So we're back for the prize draw. I know the show's a bit funny today because we've kind of done it in bits and pieces, but we're back. So we've, currently we went to random.org early in the show, didn't we, Joe? Are we, are we going to say who it's not, or are we just going to go straight to the one here? Do you want to do it that way? That's a bit mean, but isn't it? Okay. Do, do, well, Let's do the winner, is. Just do the winner. Oh, do you reckon? Okay, should we, should we say uh, continent? What do you mean? What, I know what continent he's from. Okay, well, well but they're not no straight away. He's not from America. They're not from America. So if you're American right now and you're in that top nine, sorry, you're out. You're not from... Do, wait a second. Do, do an impersonation of the accent. Well, I can do man. You're not from Asia Pacific because that's my Kiwi accent. Yes, so you're not from Asia Pacific. You're not from South. You're not from Africa. Africa. You're not Afrikaans. Uh, so we've got American. We've got cool America. South you're not American. a pom. Well, you're from. You're not from Antarctica. No, not from Antarctica. I can't do. Whoop, whoop, that's, that's a whale <laughs> from Antarctica saying you're not from here. And okay, Jombo, give us the name. The number winner was from 420 from, from Europe, from Finland. His name is Jens Dahlman. Jens Dahlman, you are the 2014 Iron Talk Kona Super Special winner. And if I go to athlinks.com, Jens may well have qualified because he's a pretty handy racer. He's done, done a 906 is his best for an Ironman. Has Two, he been to Kona before? 249 uh, marathon. Let's have a look and see if he's been to Kona before. Athlinks, brilliant. He went last year. Oh, he's World coming Champs, back. And he did Sweden last year. He hasn't raced, doesn't look like he's raced this year, so he's got to qualify if he's going, or otherwise he gets to go for a free trip. He did Germany, did 9.36, did Sweden, 9.06, and then did 9 hours 30 in Kona. And what age group is he in? He is... Uh, That's pretty exciting. Imagine being him right now, John. Figure out Babe. what uh, age group he's in. There we go. If I click on that... 
can't figure it out too quickly. Sorry about that. That's a good, but the good news is he's coming to Kona 2014. Now we must say a big thank you to everybody who went and bought one of the books. You know, like we sold 443 of them and it's really helped John and I get to Kona this year and kind of made it a lot easier than all the other years we've had to do it. And uh, just, we really appreciate everyone for supporting the show and hopefully enjoy your nicknames. And I just forgot, we also had uh, the nine bottles to give away. We've got the profile design bottles. Oh, Okay. Okay, random.org. Okay, I'll just well, do random.org and you find the number. Wait a second. Okay, wait a second. I'll go random.org. Random.org again. Random. So everybody's back in the draw for this. So one, one to 443. And just yes, hit, me, one hit four, me with 999. Okay, 443. Four, okay, first number is 251. 251 is Olaf Schweidler. Olaf okay. Schweidler. John, you're going to keep a memory of that? Yeah. Okay, next number is 281. 281 is John Parsons. Good old John Parsons. Next number is 432. Oh, right at the end. Yeah, the random roll, it's high numbers. 432 is Darren Mounts. Darren Mounts. Next number is 332. 332. 332. Uh, Michael McKeown. How many is that, babe? Is that five? Is that five? Uh, keep going. <laughs> okay. 38. 38. I'm like a bingo caller. 38. Gareth, He's your mate. Gareth Flynn. Gareth Flynn. 130. Number 130. Leon Thedem Perry. Is it? How many is that? Because we must be getting close to nine. Keep going. I'll get more if we need them. 168. 168. Uh, Paul Hellings. Good old Paul Hellings. One more? Yeah. Last one. 237. 237. Richard. Rick Laird. Rick Laird. Oh, Rick Laird. Oh, nice work, Rick. He's coming to Kona next week. Oh, good time. Supports the Kona. Take your bottle with him. If we, if we haven't done nine, we'll do some more next week. Okay, we, we definitely did nine. Do we? Okay, we'll hey, we did nine, eh? I don't know. Yeah, be. So we'll do one more. Okay, do one more. One more. Here we go. 251. 251 is. It's already come up. <laughs> Oh, random.org is not random. <laughs> 198. 198. Now, this is the thing is, you know it's random because it did it twice. Rebecca Smith. Rebecca Smith. Well done, Rebecca Smith. So there we go. Thank you to everybody who supported the show. It's really helped us get to Kona this year and more, but we're obviously putting great shows up over from Kona. Um, and obviously you enjoyed that book because it was a life-changing it book. It was life-changing. It really was. And I'm sure you printed it off and it's on your wall at home in your mental piece. And yeah, good stuff. So Jens, we're not going to actually contact you until Friday mm. because we want you to hear it on the show. So um, uh, just let, yeah, if you get it before show it Friday, if you hear that you've won before Friday, flick us an email and uh, yeah, bring it on. Bottom, well congratulations on your win. We'll nice see you in Kona. Right, yeah, I'll push pause and we'll go back to the rest of the show. Okay, Jonbo, there you go. We have our winner. Sweet. Next time you hear from me, I will be in Kona. One thing to look forward to, guys, next week is uh, we had an interview with a guy called Dan Benedot. Oh, fantastic. And now we're going, we're we're bloody going to keep banging on this door on the nutrition front, and it does give us another couple of angles and a few more things to to be thinking about. I think we need Uh, to get him on again, but because he he definitely painted a picture, which was great, but then there's some follow-up questions after the interview, I thought, oh, we need to ask that. So. Yeah, it's a problem with our interviews. Like we're we're rolling with them, and you can talk for hours. Same with um, with uh, Tim Noakes. You know, you could keep going for ages and ages yeah, and ages. So, um, yeah, no, it was some interesting stuff that came out of it for me. 
Um, so well done to who won? Jens, was it? Jens from Finland. Jens. Now, Jens, we, we're not going to contact you first because we think it would be cool for you to listen. So let us email us when you get it. If you don't email us by Friday, we'll flick you a message. But other than that, get in contact and we'll um, sort everything out for you uh, about how to claim the prize. So yeah, It's cool that we have someone from Finland. English isn't even their first language and they can understand us. Yeah, exactly. How does that work? Yeah. That's smart, those finish. Exactly. Okay, guys. Well, we'll be back next week when John's in Kona. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia Kia kaha. kaha.